MSW Media. News was wearing daily beans, daily beans, daily beans, daily beans. Hello and welcome to the Daily Beans for Thursday, July 25th, 2019, brought to you by Wednesday. Today we're going to cover the Mueller testimony, uh, the pros and cons, the overall view we're seeing, and what Pelosi and the committee chairs had to say about impeachment. I'm your host, A.G., and with me today are Jaleesa Johnson. Hello. And Jordan Coburn. Hello. How's it going, guys? Great. Big day for us. Oh, we've been nonstop since like five (laughs) this morning, right? Absolutely. Yeah, up to listen to the opening statements and then off to a bunch of new shows and interviews and things. And now we're here. Um, We've been checking in on Twitter and, you know, and that's kind of, I'm not going to say that we can understand like everyone's in America's thoughts by what uh, we see on Twitter from our followers, but it's a nice sample. <laughs> it is. It's a good sampling. And it's, it, the, I think the important part is that it's intelligent people um, and that follow uh, us and you guys. And I fortunately, think, yeah, I, we yeah, had think, some smart fans. I think we've cultivated, uh, um, you know, some people will call it a bubble. I say it's surrounding yourself with amazing people, but um, I think we can maybe get sort of a general overview of how the feelings are today. I've watched a couple of different mainstream news networks to see what they think and kind of what the word on the street is, quote unquote. I don't think we're going to feel the impact of this probably for another day or two. Right. My body feels it. But yeah, I think the the country probably won't feel it for a couple of days. Right. Yeah, I yeah. feel like I just had an intense love affair. That's what I was thinking. began and ended very quickly. Yeah. And you're like, did I hate it or did I like it? Yeah. I can't tell. Oh, man, I it's miss a lot him. to process. Yeah, yeah, I do. I miss him. Say no more to me. Say no more. <laughs> yeah. He definitely uh, answered like he was on a lie detector, though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, totally. True. Yep. True. Correct. Nope. <laughs> True. Yeah, I just kept nope. thinking the whole time about uh, that quote from McCabe's book about how they just want to get out alive, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. And Mueller definitely looked like he was just trying to survive. Yeah, minimize your exposure and get mm-hmm. out alive, I think is how is how he put it. And uh, yeah, I think you were saying something every time he was sitting back in his chair. Um, I kept thinking about that description in McCabe's book about him sitting back in his chair like, Mm, and then like he'd scratch his chin and then like maybe he'd go uh, and that would mean he was like upset about something and I was just remembering that description from from McCabe uh, and I I did see what uh, Dave, some of our friends the past show guests have uh, you know at least from Muller she wrote maybe not for the Daily Beans have said about his testimony including David Priest and uh, Andrew McCabe and um, some folks like that Preet Barrara a lot of people have weighed in Chuck Rosenberg and so, you know, we'll, we'll touch on all that. So I'm excited to uh, to get going and to discuss this. It's it's going to be all Mueller, Walter Wall Mueller, um, <laughs> for the entire episode. So uh, buckle up. We'll do it right now with Hot Notes. Hot Notes. All right, so I'm just going to bring up things that I noticed. You guys can feel free to bring up things you noticed, but I want to kind of hit hit the hot notes, basically, which is what we're here for, and uh, we'll just discuss what we think about them. So the first thing uh, that I walked away with was that Mueller confirmed, in my eyes, that the president's actions in volume two met the criteria to charge a person with obstruction of justice. Yeah, he went very out of his way to make sure he didn't explicitly say that or say anything that could even potentially be explicitly deduced as that having been what was said but i agree i think for him and how he talks and how he communicates that definitely is what was going on 
Yeah, it's important to understand molar language, like you're saying, and I think most people won't pick up on that immediately. But yeah, that's definitely a takeaway that I got as well, AG. Yeah, me too. And I think that that was important for the American people to learn. So chalk one up in the prose uh, column. Mm -hmm. I think that that was really important. I mean, if you're interpreting it that way or have a friend that can explain to you that that's what that means, that's kind of the the double-edged sword of that speech, I guess, is you could hear that and be like, okay, so he's saying they didn't find any conclusive evidence. Uh, on the on this one thing and then on the other thing, uh, he's not going to do anything about it because he can't. Yeah. And <laughs> unless yeah. you truly understand why he can't, then that kind of scares me. I'm going to be honest. Yeah. So yeah. that he can't. Like the memo. I'm afraid some people will listen to that and take it way too at face value. Just the language of he cannot indict Donald Trump and he chose not to. Okay. And, and them not understanding the why OLC he opinion and... Exactly. And he was also getting grilled and hounded for, uh, I have to remember exactly what Republican was grilling him on the OLC or his interpretation of the OLC opinion exactly. Uh, there were but. quite there were quite a few too, because I, I've noticed, and we'll get more into the into that OLC. And when we say OLC, we mean the Department of Justice Office of Legal Counsel opinion, longstanding opinion that says you cannot indict a sitting president because he's too busy, basically. Mm-hmm. He wouldn't be able to fulfill his constitutional duties. It could it could impede on the constitutional duties, which is which would violate the checks, the balance of powers. Right, and know? a lot of people brought up, like as far as talking heads, great points about challenging that memo because it's not in the Constitution. And if the argument is that the president is too busy, and Trump goes on the record at his rallies saying, "I've got all night," you know, yeah. it's <laughs> like, well, in this case, we might be able to to do this. Yeah, it's just an opinion, and they wrote it during Watergate. Um, a, within the Agnew time frame, I think, when that whole Bagman, that podcast, you know, if you listen to that, if you haven't, it's amazing. You should listen to it uh, mm-hmm. when that whole situation went down because they're like, what do we do? And like, right. well, we have to come up with some sort of opinion about whether or not you can indict a president or a vice president. So um, this one just says president. I think it also includes vice VPs, VEPs. But um, I think I think the takeaway from at least this first point is that there were a couple of uh, representatives had really good lines of questioning uh, regarding the obstruction of justice. And this is exactly what I tweeted at them. Uh, I think it was four days ago. I'm not saying that they read my tweet and like employed my uh, ideas. No, not literally, but you put those good vibes out in the universe. I put them out in the universe. And I wasn't the only one. A lot of people wanted him to do this, I'm sure. And and that was to outline... um, the three criteria that you need to obtain and maintain a conviction for obstruction of justice, go through the things that uh, Trump did, ask if that meets the criteria, and then say, okay, so then he meets the criteria for obstruction of justice. Ted Lieu had the strongest one of these. And I think Hakeem Jeffries and also Krishnamuthri had a, a similar line of questioning. And, and they, uh, in the beginning, it was a little shaky, uh, I found. But once they got their groove and each... A representative had their own obstructive act that they were going through, and they went through, I think, five or six of them in this way. And I said, that's exactly how I wanted them to, to tackle it. Just keep doing that until you run out of time. Absolutely. Uh, and so Ted Liu, um, he actually had to have a correction made. Uh, mm-hmm. Mueller had to correct himself on what Ted Liu said, because Ted Liu went through the three things. And this is about the Lewandowski obstructive act, where Trump asked Lewandowski to tell Jeff Sessions that uh, the special counsel can only uh, investigate future elections, not me. And uh, so Lewandowski's like, nah, <laughs> no, no, I'm not going to do that. 
But uh, you don't have to complete an obstructive act in order to be guilty of obstruction of justice, right? So basically, Ted Lieu after that said, so the reason you didn't, he, he went through all the things and he said, did you do that? Yes. Did you do that? Did you do that? Yes. He met the three criteria? Yes. And the reason you didn't indict Donald Trump is because of the OLC opinion saying you can't indict a sitting president. Is that correct? And Mueller said, correct. That's a bombshell for a lot of people. Yeah, because well, it, 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 it indicates that he was guilty of obstruction and I didn't indict him because of the OLC memo, which breaks his own rule of saying someone's guilty of obstruction. Right, which is why my question is, did he just not think quickly enough to understand what Ted was asking? <laughs> Perhaps. Or was that a Freudian I, slip? I feel like he got got, mm-hmm. honestly. Mm-hmm. I really do. I think there were a couple of instances where he got got. Um, and that being specifically one of them, he came back later, but the DOJ probably called up the, uh, you know, office of special counsel and was like, what the fuck, bro? So he came on and he said, um, <clears throat> you did not charge the president because of the OLC opinion. That's the wrong way to say that. As we say in the report, we did not reach a determination as to whether or not the president <laughs> committed a crime. So I'm with you. I think his first answer was correct. And he w- he was just maybe not on guard or just answering it. And then I don't know. I don't know. But th- that was the correction. Uh, and actually, Trump came out after and said a bunch of stuff. And Trump, somebody asked him about what you were talking about, Jaleesa, which was Ken Buck, a uh, Colorado Republican, who said, so wait, are you saying you can indict the president after he leaves office? And he said, yep. And he says, you can indict the president of the United States for obstruction of justice after he leaves office. And he's like, correct. Yeah. I don't know why he asked that question. That and was so crazy. I know. Yeah. I don't even think he meant to. I think he was like shocked by the answer. Yeah. He's like, yeah, yeah, I can. Right. And we've talked about it. It says that yeah. in the OLC memo. But it's he was specifically talking about Trump and obstruction of justice, implying that Trump obstructed justice and could be charged with a crime once he leaves office because of what he did. And so then Trump was like some reporter asked about that. Are you scared you could be charged after you? And he started yelling, uh, you you're fake news. And that, you, you know, if you knew what you were doing, you're you're terrible. You're untruthful. If you knew what you were doing, you would know that he corrected that. He came back and corrected the record on that. And that is not true. He was conflating that with the Ted Lieu correction. Interesting. I'm glad you brought that up. I also saw another Trump uh, comment after the hearings where he said that Mueller never had the right to exonerate him or the authority to exonerate him after he would chant total exoneration. So it's another flip-flop on Trump's part. Yeah, it was another line of questioning that the Republicans brought up. That like, was one of their more stronger legal arguments, though, yeah. I think, for sure. Like right. collusion. They're like probably planting these words like exoneration. It's like, oh, well, he never had the authority. But I think Trump really doesn't know but the fact, but, what authority. But Mueller, Mueller truly... The reason why I think it was a good line of questioning is because they got Mueller to establish that Barr does not have the authority to exonerate someone. And then by the virtue of Mueller being under Barr, he 100 percent wouldn't have the authority to do that. So why would you even put that in the report, especially since it's a huge soundbite right now? So that's actually a good argument. It's not I don't agree with right with what they're saying. I don't I don't agree with why they're saying Mueller decided to say that in the report. I don't think that Mueller was putting it in there trying to pull a fast one, knowing he can't technically exonerate it. I think he was saying exonerate more colloquially, not not like, uh, which is becoming like a freaking buzzword. But I appreciate that. It, it definitely makes sense, especially considering that Barr is the one that really gets hurt by that argument, as opposed to Mueller, who doesn't need to exonerate anyone to make his That's point. That's a great point. Yeah. But, if, but if your argument 
is that you can't exonerate somebody, then why are you mad that he also didn't have an opinion as to whether or not he was guilty? Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, because they just are attacking him from all angles. Because right. the one for that was, oh, well, that's just you being a bad prosecutor. Every prosecutor in general knows your job is to decide to charge someone or not. And that's yeah. it. And, and it's then, like, well, I'm not a fucking prosecutor. I'm a special counsel. Investigator. And is, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And then that guy from Wisconsin kept asking him, like, why didn't, why did you do it that way? And he, and, you know, because back at, well, here's what Ken Starr did. This is what Ken Starr did. And he's like, you realize that those, I don't work under those regulations. Well, do you know what the regulation under Ken Starr said with this? He's like, no, I was working under the current special counsel regulations. I don't know what the, I haven't looked at, nor why would I look at. And they're at. like, well, let me tell you what. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that was their whole yeah. thing. Yeah. Like, yeah, he could come out with a, a not a prosecutorial decision or a prosecute like a like a judgment. He could make a judgment and, and could ask for impeachment where he uh, he didn't do that directly. He sort of implied it. Mm-hmm. So I just thought that was fancy. Yeah. Absolutely. I think another point where their logic fell through and I just remembered what I was thinking of in the beginning of the show. So one of the Republicans still don't remember his name <laughs> was uh, <laughs> was saying so if you were going off of the OLC memo and the OLC opinion that allows um, – they, basically they were saying if you knew that you couldn't indict him, why would you continue to investigate him, right? That was the Wisconsin guy. Yes. There and then know. and then Mueller's answer, which I feel like this went largely – maybe not overlooked but at least not repeated when I feel like it should be repeated, is that the OLC opinion actually allows – for the investigation to continue, even if the subject would not be indicted. That's explicitly laid out in the OLC opinion, as Mueller stated. At right, least. it is. And it's in his report. And he's also said that the reason that they permit that investigation is so that you can gather the evidence because a president can be indicted once he leaves office. And you want to get all of the evidence and materials while they're still fresh in people's minds, the testimony and the evidence before people destroy it or while it's still available because yes. things disappear. This is the same argument, I think, for the impeachment inquiry, which is what you're talking about essentially in the same language you could be, apply both things because we know that he won't be removed by the senate but that's not a reason to not go through with it right. you don't open these inquiries to be like definitely i got you it's because someone committed a crime potentially and they need to investigate it that's really all this is so far it's the same reason that the house is passing bills right now it's their job the senate's not going to even bring them mm-hmm. to a vote they're going to block every single mm-hmm. one they want them on the record as having blocked these bills. They yeah. want them on the record as having not sent aid to these places. That's the same for impeachment. It's your job. You don't do it whether or not you think it's going to pass the, the Senate. You don't write a bill. Otherwise, there'd be no bills coming out of the House. Mm-hmm. On top of that, if you apply it to like a prosecutor's whole practice, they don't, I guess they as in people, society, isn't like it when someone just makes charges you know to get the indictment you know it's like the idea is you want people to look at the entire case and you'll have some prosecutors who are known as sketchy because they'll just have like a 90 percent indictment rate because all these sketchy loopholes or whatever is going for the win as opposed to the details so it's not even a good thing to say like you're a good prosecutor if you get the charge it's like that's not what it's about it's about the process right yep yep and uh, um i totally agree uh, I think uh, so. We have two awesomenesses right now. We've got that Ken Buck Republican saying he'll, he'd be charged for obstruction after he leaves office, and we've got that um, he committed obstruction of justice crimes generally. Did you see the mini conversation though about tolling that happened when they brought up the statute of limitations? And Mueller was like, "I don't know." Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. and yeah, then because he was like, "It doesn't toll." That's what the questioner said. Yeah. yeah. And then he was like, <laughs> questioner. Um, yeah, exactly. And I was like, I don't know, which is kind of one of those things where there were a few instances where it was like, 
I feel like you either you do know this or like you just you don't want to go on record saying it. But usually he would say something else if he didn't want to go on record saying it. Yeah. I feel like that's something he would know. Yeah. At that point, like that's one of that's one of the main questions. I feel like he should have said, "I'm not going to talk about that." Exactly. I feel like that's because he said that a lot. Yeah, I have no idea. He said that a lot too. So yeah, Yeah, which sounds bad too, kind of. Right. I have no idea. Like I understand. That sounds more honest. (laughs) Actually, I'm sure you have more of an idea than anyone else in this country. (laughs) But he but he won't say anything that even indicates that. That he even thinks it right. Because sometimes saying that you 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 aren't going to discuss it could indicate that you are answering in the negative or the affirmative. Mm-hmm. But one of the downsides for me today, and th- and this has its upsides, I just think that overall people are going to really wonder why uh, he didn't subpoena the president. And he said, uh, it, we had because it was a balancing act between do we have enough to prosecute without the interview and how long would the interview take? And you have to weigh those two options. And he said, if we subpoenaed the president, because he, he was like, I tried to get him to talk to me for a year and a half, and then his answers were shit. So I knew if I subpoenaed him, he was going to fight the subpoena. They even told me he was going to fight the subpoena if I subpoenaed him. But I had the power to subpoena the president, but I chose not to because he would have fought it in court. It would have gone on. It could have gone on for a year or years. It's a waste of time. But I had enough evidence to not say that he obstructed justice or indict him of obstruction of justice. But we had enough. We had the evidence we needed. And that also implies that he obstructed justice because you can't have enough evidence for something that doesn't exist yeah well and i also just going back to the exoneration thing too i really don't see why he would have put that in there unless he was thinking that he could be indicted exactly i mean there's 800 clues to it you just can't get him to directly admit it yeah um he just he i think he did his best to tell us in his own special way Mm -hmm. yeah um but i do think people are going to be like uh and i know that uh, mccabe answered this and and rosenberg answered this uh as well talked about it saying yeah it's it it baffles me because he's so thorough why he didn't uh, follow that through to its likely conclusion. And then the counter argument here is that <clears throat> he, when he asked if he spoke to Trump Jr., he said no comment. And when he asked if he subpoenaed Trump Jr., he said no comment. Uh, I think he subpoenaed Trump Jr. I, I'm, I'm almost 100% sure because of some of the grand jury redactions in, mm-hmm. in the Mueller report. And that, that he went before the grand jury and pleaded the fifth. And even after that whole fight, if he had subpoenaed Trump, Trump would have came, come in and he would have pleaded the fifth. And it, we would be nowhere else. We would just be another two years out. Yeah. Was that Swalwell who was asking that? I forget which person it was, but that was great when he was asking um, if he he asked about Junior and then he wouldn't answer. And then he asked about Trump and then he immediately answered. Yeah. <laughs> and that was, yeah, that was a really good juxtaposition because it's like, oh, Why? clearly there's something. Yeah. I was thinking, my first thought was, is there... Is he involved in some kind of ongoing matter, maybe, or or, or is, is there some reason why he wouldn't answer? And I can't see it being, I don't want to go after the president's son. I can't imagine no. it's as simple there's, as that. There's two specific reasons. First of all, he's a grand jury witness, and the grand jury materials have not been handed over to the Congress. And even if they were, the public can't uh, know yeah. grand jury secrecy. Right. So even whether or not he, uh, whatever, pleaded the fifth or whatever, we we can't know that. And then he also might not have done it because he uh, said he would not speak about uncharged third parties for privacy, mm-hmm. which is Trump Jr. Mm-hmm. But we are talking about the president specifically, so I think he was able to to say that. Um, even directly, though he's yeah. an uncharged third party, I don't think privacy applies to him in this 
specific uh, instance, particularly because he did not give testimony to the grand jury. It might have behooved him to done so, to do so. Interesting. Yeah. 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 Um, maybe not, though. Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that was one maybe negative was that he didn't follow through with that getting getting the interview. Sure. Uh, with Trump. I think what was made extremely apparent today or yesterday uh, when you're listening to this is that expeditiousness was of the utmost importance to him. He referenced that the reason why he hired the specific people was because they would get it done in the most expeditious manner. And right there he was weighing out, is it going to be worth the time to try to get this testimony from the president? So he was like extremely dedicated to getting this done as quickly and as thoroughly as he could. And I imagine one of the reasons he didn't take forever to just keep pushing and pushing and pushing is because he was an investigator, knowing that he would essentially be passing this information off to other individuals and, and you know, committees and parties to continue investigating. And think about your legacy if you went through that whole shuffle with Trump's subpoena on obstruction. And meanwhile, uh, you didn't get the information about the Russian interference into the election out prior to 2020. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, we already tough. know it, mm-hmm. but. I think, oh God, yeah, talk about another timing issue for the FBI. Like, yeah. They have PTSD from Comey and all that for stuff. For sure, yeah, yeah. He didn't want to be that kind of martyr, and I wouldn't blame him. No, he did I his job. Either. There's no no obligation to go above and beyond that. But yeah, obviously, as, you know, Mueller, she wrote, yeah. or, you know, as we are, yeah, yeah. we well, want that to happen. And also in the context of all the other ways he wasn't going to be able to obtain evidence that he needed outside of Trump's testimony, just because whatever WhatsApp messages, things that have been deleted and destroyed, it's like there's a whole web of ends he's not going to be able to see through because of freaking tampering. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Um, just uncooperative. I'm the most transparent, most cooperative. <laughs> no, you're not. Least racist. <laughs> yeah, he's the most genius, mouth right. attached to the brain. The most all the good things and the least all the bad things. Yeah, <laughs> that that you'll ever see, that the world has ever yes, seen. Yes, yes. Uh, I read on the internet. Um, <laughs> if you read the internet, that's what you said today. Oh, is that a Trump I was quote? on the internet. If you read the internet. Very cute. Uh, the <laughs> Democrats, terribly, terrible. <laughs> yeah, if anyone internet. wants to say that Mueller is not the best public speaker, just think about who he's, you know, compared to in this That's case. another downside. Uh, I think that Mueller um, wasn't performing at his peak today. Uh, I don't know usually what he performs like, but I did see David Priest, who used to brief him on the daily uh, as he when he was in the CIA, who we've had on this show, say, that's not the Bob Mueller I'm used to. Mm. It's not the Bob Mueller I know, but it is. But he had every single answer. And uh, he was um, the the content of, of what he said is what's important, not the way he delivered it. And it was devastating to the president. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I thought that some of the GOPers were incredibly disrespectful how they were reacting to how Mueller was reacting himself as well. Something that really pissed me off was uh, when they would start, a new person would start talking into the microphone and Mueller would just be kind of looking around, you know, trying just to trying find to find them. them. And then they'd be like, over here. It's like, dude, the PA goes to everyone, you mm-hmm. fucking idiots. Even I'm always over looking here around. over a microphone yeah. doesn't help locate where you <laughs> no. are in the room. Marco. Yeah, like it's not stereo sound <laughs> in the fucking room. They're playing Mueller polo. Yeah. yeah, exactly. They were, and then. And every, every witness does that too, by the way. Young Mark Zuckerberg, you can't locate who's talking totally. to you. And you have to, and you have to do this weird 
weird. Like you're watching a tennis match, like to the left, yes. scan the top, to the right, scan the top, to the bottom, scan the thing. And, and they're looking. talking the whole time and you yeah. got to be and quick. And meanwhile, yeah. they're referencing a page that they want you to be on. And then you're like, okay, can you repeat the question? So there was a lot of that. Yeah. Seven hours of that. You'd think there'd be a little light or something <laughs> like in front of their. No, they're like, yeah. yeah. I don't know. Like those like parking comics. spaces. Or that a buzzer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think there is. There's an, And that's another reason I, I wanted the Dems not to go. This wouldn't have helped with the Republicans, but I really wanted like just one or two prosecutors in there and mostly to do follow up um, because and to be able to rebut what the Republicans were doing, because mm-hmm. you you don't have time when you're doing your five minute thing to, you know, go back to something that somebody said that was incorrect or f- completely false. Uh, yep. And for example, Doug Collins, who Duh. kept you know, poking at him like, you didn't even, did you cross-examine any of these witnesses? Did you cross-examine any of them? We're innocent until proven guilty. They didn't even get due process. They didn't get cross-examination. And my answer would have been like, the ones who were convicted and went to court were (laughs) cross-examined and in front of a jury of their peers. We don't cross-examine people in investigations. Right. You don't, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, anyone who knows this shit, but I'm pretty sure you only cross-examine at trial, which is something come, that comes after a plea deal. Right. So, Precisely it. Yeah. Or after a, or, a or not guilty plea right when you go to trial. of a shitty trial But or the average person does not know that. I didn't even know that. And I think a lot of people, like the Republicans, are betting on well, that Well, like, think about any cop show you watch. Yeah. And they bring them in and they sit them down in that room and they go, yes. there's not somebody else there to, right. Besides you know, the lawyer. But yeah, in that case, yeah. that's not really cross exactly because the trial is like the main event right in most cases ideally can settle before it gets to that point in Mm -hmm. which case it's just going to be the the you know defendant or whatever and the judge and then their counsel totally our due process takes takes place in the trial and and that's and and but he's you didn't even you didn't afford like he's talking to you like it was just so frustrating and then the next dem would just go straight into so let's talk about obstruction of justice charges and you're like could you address what but then you're using your five minutes and then it pushes everybody else back. And then maybe you don't get to as many of those, you know, outlying the three criteria for obstruction of justice pieces that you want to get to. Right. Those are actual distractions. Yeah. Yeah. And but if you have one or two prosecutors who say we're going to ask all these questions, but we're also going to counter what these guys are saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I guess the I guess the gamble was that the Republicans are just so dumb that but they actually did well today if you believe mm-hmm. bullshit. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, I think that exoneration example is a good one because I'm sure that if, you know, a, a Democrat that was already anticipating that point was going to be directly after that person, they could address it very quickly and explain away why that's not a, a, you know, why there's some fallacy in that argument, which is what a lot of the Republicans had, I think, is complete pitfalls in their arguments that sound good, but there's some, you know, major point to their <laughs> argument that is faulty and based on something that's either not matching the case that is his existence as an investigator and not a prosecutor um, or something else. I Mm -hmm. feel like it was mostly that. Right, but for their benefit, those are the moments where Mueller seemed to drop the ball the most. He seemed just as thrown off as we were about how disrespectful they were. As much as you can prepare for a Republican, you know, like, like attacking him like this, like it still seemed very weird. And so he even had moments where he stumbled to respond. And that's what they want, I would imagine. Like they're going for the emotion and the sound bites. Yeah, for sure. And um, something else I walked away with today is that there is evidence of a broader conspiracy between Trump and Russia, just not enough to convict. 
So I thought that that was a really important point. I think that everything that they laid out laid out in the Intel committee, uh, very uh, much better um, I love situation. Shiv. And I think they reversed them. I think the Intel should have been first and that the obstruction should have been second. Talk about the crimes and then talk about the obstruction of the crimes because that's how Mueller laid it out in his report. I'm not sure why they did it the opposite mm-hmm. way, um, but whatever. I'm going to put that as a negative. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Well, um, I mean, I guess it wasn't explicitly laid out that they were only supposed to talk about, you know, volume one in one committee and volume two in the next. There was kind of questions that were crossing over between both, so maybe they just didn't think about it like that. They were a little, but those three people who have seen the fully unredacted Mueller report uh, that go on both uh, are not supposed to mix business with pleasure. They're not supposed right. to mix obstruction with counterintelligence or anything <laughs> like that. Which one business? Which one's yeah. <laughs> it's business time. Nice. Yeah, and they did mix and match, and they some did talk about obstruction in the Intel Committee, and some did talk about Russia in, in the um, Judiciary Committee. But right, but their game plan seemed to be to keep them as separate as possible. Yeah, and yeah. I felt like they should have reversed that. So that's kind of like a half a negative. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the evidence that there was a broader conspiracy between them, because uh, multiple congressional representatives spent a lot of time ensuring that collusion was not something that Mueller investigated. Uh, and then and that was another thing Doug Collins did that no one corrected him on. He kept asking. He's like, but right here in your report, you say that collusion and conspiracy are colloquially the same thing uh, or gen- almost colloquially the same co- colloquially the same thing over and over again. And, and Mueller's like, you're taking that way out of context. That's at the end of a sentence where I say for like nine times why we aren't going to use the word collusion and that collusion has nothing to do with the law, except in some very explicit and few antitrust cases. And. And no one counteracted that. The mm-hmm. next dem just went on. And um, colloquial, to understand, and that's, his utilization of that word right there is a doc- doctoral level utilization of the word colloquial. Because when you're writing a doctoral dissertation, um, and they don't do this, I think, in master's theses, they might now, but you are not supposed to use colloquial terms because mm. they are non-definitive and mm-hmm. they're wishy-washy and ambiguous and and they mean different things to different people, uh, different groups for different reasons. And that's what the colloquial part meant. But he was just sliding it in there hoping that Trump supporters didn't know. And I don't think a lot of people understand the utilization of colloquial in that particular legal document uh, and slid it right past him. And, and Mueller was like, yeah, they're the same, you know, and then we have this soundbite of Mueller saying that collusion and conspiracy are the same thing when they're not. They are colloquially, but, mm-hmm. you know, and it's mm-hmm. just those tricks that somebody should have been able to follow up on. And I think an expert yeah. prosecutor would have been able to do that. Definitely. Uh, Mueller clarified that a person does not need to successfully obstruct justice to be guilty of, of obstruction of justice. I thought so that, that was a very important point. Yeah. Very big. Yeah. And makes complete sense. That's why <laughs> attempted murder is a charge. Exactly. It's a little bit different uh, because attempted murder is a different charge from murder. Uh, and so we don't have attempted obstruction and obstruction. It's like oh, premeditated yeah. or something. I more like so that. mean just the analogy of trying to do something and being unsuccessful. Right, yeah, I got that. Criminal. Yeah, but yeah. I don't have to successfully stop uh, the investigation in order to obstruct it mm-hmm. or to attempt to obstruct it. That's what obstruction of justice is. Otherwise, we would never have to go to trial for anything because there would be, uh, if every investigation was successfully obstructed. You wouldn't end up in court. <laughs> so as Trump's perfect world. Yeah, yeah. For, that is blue collar or white collar America right now. Really. Yeah, that is. You, maybe you can't obstruct uh, investigations in white collar America. It and then looks when the like rules it. change for a second for one of them, they're like, no fair, <laughs> deep state. Exactly. Yeah. So I just thought that was really important and and wonderful that it got on the record clearly, that because Trump has been saying, I couldn't obstruct justice because did I fire Mueller? 
was Mueller fired? Was you know did did were you was your obstruct was your investigation impeded? Uh, like you know by by my obstructive acts? No, because Don McGahn and Lewandowski and Sessions were like we're not fucking doing that shit. And Don McGahn actually threatened to resign and like all these different things happen. We'll get into like this those very specifics of the report on mm-hmm. in our other show, Mueller She Wrote. On Thursday nights we do a deep dive into the report and we're just starting volume two this week. So check that out. Um but yeah, that I thought that that was a really important point that they got through. Uh, also, Russians attacked our elections in a sweeping and systematic fashion, and the Trump campaign gleefully welcomed it. Um, I think that it was that was established today, and I don't know if a lot of Americans knew that, oddly. Um, but it, it is true, and I think that that was well established. And not only that, but in a hearing this week, the director of the FBI, Chris Wray, said Russia was still a threat. <laughs> and he also admitted that he hadn't read the full Mueller report. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Uh, Mueller revealed in a line of questioning from uh, Krishna Muthri that the FBI is currently investigating Trump associates vulnerable to Russian blackmail. Interesting. That's a, another big headline that came out of this. So where was the intel? We found the intel investigation. It's <laughs> happening. It's going on right now. Nice. And yeah. Then- Mueller also said that uh, Russia's hacking us or trying to interfere as we sit here. Like those were his words. And yeah. I thought that was really powerful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, and that he also said that not not nearly enough is being done about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it'd be a good idea to go back and rewatch these seven hours, basically, of Honestly, testimony. Yeah, and uh, really examine every time he spoke more words than a sentence, right? Because mm-hmm. that's that's when he was probably saying something important. Or Definitely else he wouldn't have expanded. Yeah, he said WikiLeaks or Trump's support of WikiLeaks. Um, to say it's problematic would be an understatement. That yeah, was another interesting exactly stuff like that. That yeah, was a good, yeah. really good point that he drove home. Mm-hmm. Um, so our final tally of pros and cons is we have four negative things, which were that he waited to subpoena or he didn't subpoena Trump. Uh, that his, his facilities might not have been all there, whether it was because he was nervous or for whatever reason. Uh, that uh, the five-minute rule instead of two prosecutors, I thought would have been better, and the fact that they put. Uh, obstruction at the beginning of the day instead of at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. But we have seven uh, great things that came out of it. So it's overall... The pros get it. A win. Yeah. Uh, And just a couple last-minute things that we can probably just uh, go through here. He was asked why Mifsud wasn't charged uh, because there's some big spy gate deep state thing that Mifsud works for Mueller or something dumb like that. He works in a pizza basement and I don't know. Uh, but Mueller said himself that the text messages and communications that Papadopoulos lied to him about made it impossible for him to corroborate Mifsud's lies. That could be a reason he wasn't charged, um, that lack of evidence. Also, if he's a spy, well, he is a spy for the Russian government, and Mueller's not going to touch that shit in public testimony. He's not going to talk about counterintelligence. He's not going to interfere with those investigations. Those folks may be rolled, and we don't even know it. I mean, maybe Mifsud isn't missing. Maybe he's under arrest. We, mm-hmm. He's not going to talk about Mifsud, and it's not because they sent him out to entrap Papadopoulos of all stupid people like <laughs> I got a plan we're gonna frame OJ you know right that's the dumbest thing that you, you could ever think of it's just it's idiotic um so that's I that's I think what's going on with Mifsud and why he wouldn't touch it he's a spy he's a Russian spy oh yeah clearly yeah, yeah there's <laughs> also this is a nice segue into the sad topic of conspiracy theories that were currently being peddled out today right by Nunes especially and uh, like saying that what really needs to be investigated is the Russians ties to Democrats he said that in his opening statement wow how 
freaking nuts is that? That and then number two, the conspiracy theory, essentially, that Mifsud, like you said, is somehow more of a Western intelligence asset than he is for for other governments and and oligarchs. He could be a triple agent. True. He could be doing oh. everything. But they're trying to now flip this. I was talking to my therapist today about this because obviously shit's fucked up. And I'm <laughs> You're mad. <laughs> yeah. And she was like, this this truly, so she's amazing because she comes from cult recovery. So she was in a cult okay. for like 26 years and she got out of it. And now that's what she does. And she helps people transition out of cults. And Which cult are you trying to get out of? <laughs> <laughs> that's why you're seeing it, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh-oh. Uh, mostly the the sad white kid that had it too good. <laughs> and now I'm devastated by real world problems. Um, <laughs> no, just kidding. Uh, everyone's got their shit. But, but she was saying, this reminds me of a cult because... It, it's basically to get to get out of it is it's so much they take everything that they're getting accused of and offensively in your face flip it 180 and put it back on you and that's part that goes into gaslighting that goes into just distraction it's all it's all a tactic it is truly the 180 degree flip of what we are saying to the president right now mm-hmm. plus if you leave the trump cult who's gonna welcome you in you know with open arms yeah. well i um, will if you're really repenting and i and i do i do want to say that if i mean if you're coming out and saying you know what i'm not a racist and i'm not okay with this raping stuff and i it's just i can't and i was like afraid to leave before because that meant that everything i thought was wrong and that's just a hard position to put yourself in it's a very brave thing to do to be able to admit that what you thought so strongly was incorrect um but if you if you i'm open arms if you if you're like i can't stand this racism and misogyny and uh you know autocracy and movement toward uh tyranny and i mean you don't have to use those exact words but you know what i mean mm-hmm. like i'm super sorry i'm not like this and i i just I, it was just so hard for me to and then at some point when is it too late you know like when have you um Ramsey'd it when you're when you're just like I'm just you know reek from <laughs> Game yeah. of Thrones where he's like it's too late to turn back now I'm just an asshole. It's a good question. I personally think it's never too late, but it's a very blanket statement too. I mean, these people are doing a lot of damage, so yeah. I guess it depends. Yeah, yeah. He burned two of the Stark children, which ended up not being them, but his in his mind he did, and or he knew he didn't. But anyway, too many people hated him, and he did too many horrible things. It's too late to repent. Mm-hmm. I am now past the tipping point into yeah. full-on asshole and you know it's just hard to get out of you know yeah yeah good point look at joe walsh's twitter life though don't you yeah. want to live that life Every, everyone <laughs> yeah. everyone loves this shit look now. at justin amash he's famous now yes yeah. famous i like for 80 percent of joe walsh's tweets right now it's weird yeah, right? <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah even uh Geraldo rivera came out the other day and said this racist stuff against these four women is too far bridge too far and I'm right like, who the fuck are you joe scarborough too for morning joe he said god please forgive me for ever being a republican after yes. the hearing today oh, yeah <laughs> And uh, so, uh, if you if, if you're out there, uh, email us hello at Mueller. She wrote um, anonymously if you want uh, anything you need to say. I don't know if anyone who would be listening to this but start a confessional. Yeah, for former Republicans. <laughs> yeah, like bring it bring it in. We'll hug it out. Um, yeah, I'm sure you're a great person. Deep um, down, you know, sometimes we just get caught up and we're think of all the a holes I've dated in my life. You know, I had to get out of yeah. that shit. Well, yeah. and people doesn't make me an asshole. <laughs> they manipulate you into thinking they that. gaslight you. Yeah, mm-hmm. into thinking that, you know, your very well-intentioned soul, right, uh, should be propagating these things that wind up hurting people. 
Totally. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so. And some of their souls are not well-intentioned and they just suck fundamentally. <laughs> Sorry, I just had to throw that in. <laughs> a little disclaimer there. <laughs> some, yeah. Some no. of them are just, I agree, they're going to be evil. Right, it's like <laughs> a fine print at the end of like, you know, yeah. this, you know, product. Yeah, cannot salvage everyone. <laughs> so um, Pelosi came out and did a little press conference after and she got real loosey-goosey on impeachment. She started talking about how, because uh, before she would just say, nope, it's, not on, it's, it's on the table, but I'm not talking about it now. I just want to have a strong case. End of story. Today she explained what she needs for a strong case and why she needs it. She hmm. said, well, right now we've got, you know, um, four committees, six in total, but four that are really going after all these investigations with, uh, you know, going hard at all these investigations with the president and the foundation and the Victory Fund and the you know, organization and all, you know, NRA, all that stuff, Trump's taxes, et cetera. And they're already into the court most of them they've already some of them got have gone to the courts already and i want to wait to see what they come out with and then i know jerry nadler got up and said in the next day or two he's going to petition the court to get the grand jury materials and he's which he could do easier if there was an open impeachment inquiry mm-hmm. um, but i think he should be able to get them anyway uh and he's going to um try to get the court to order don mcgann to testify and I think once they have McGann, what Pelosi was sort of indicating but didn't say outright is once they have the McGann testimony and a couple of other testimonies that they want, um, like maybe Lewandowski or whatever, once they have <clears throat> the grand jury material, that would be a solid case for her. And at that point, she'd be able to make the decision. And she actually said, and, and I hear from a lot of people saying, impeachment is stupid because it'll never get through the Senate. And we've always said, hold the Senate accountable for not impeaching him. Try Impeach him and let them say no. And Pelosi said that today. Mm-hmm. She goes, after we get all of this, all this evidence and build this case, and if we impeach him and the Senate says no, go ahead and let them try. But that is why I need to have the solid case. Mm-hmm. Now, we all sit at the, sitting at this table think that you could f- more quickly build that solid case if you had an impeachment inquiry going. But her argument is it's already through multiple um, committees. And if you open an impeachment inquiry, it would, ha- it would consolidate all the investigations into the Judiciary Committee. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they don't want those other committees don't want to let go of this. And I don't know if that's a rule. If why, anybody knows. Why won't they let it go? Is it pride or is it because they believe they can do it the best? I think it's because they're already halfway through it. But can't they just pass information to the Judiciary Committee and let that just continue for the oh, sake God. of I don't know. You might have to refile the cases because mm. you have different plaintiffs. Okay. That makes a little more sense for but the I excuse. don't know. Yeah. yeah. I, I really want to find out what the rules are. They um, want the glory. Because there <laughs> might it might just be literally the paperwork could take longer than the investigations themselves. And then we would be pushing it out further mm-hmm. by opening an impeachment inquiry. I really honestly don't know, but I hope she has a plan. Uh, and, and she revealed a little bit uh, more of it today. Mm-hmm. It's progress. Can I add one more con to the list? It's uh, one of the <laughs> it's more of a joke, but uh, one, one of the House Democratic reps in the Judiciary Committee calling McGahn McCann the whole yeah, time. Yeah, the whole time. That's right. You know, there's a McDonald's CEO sitting around just like, that's brilliant. Yes. <laughs> McCann. <laughs> yeah, it's very over, relevant. Yeah, over and over and over again. I was like, dude, we need to sound like we know what we're talking right. about. Right? Someone Come said Veselnikskaya, but like in the weirdest way I've ever heard. They like, did, but that almost yeah. sounded more right. It, it did. Does, I like the way that name yeah. was hard to begin like, with. I Vezlinskia or something. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Vezlinskia. It took me a moment to know who he was referring Same. to. Yeah. 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 I but McCann. It. Oh, definitely no. sounded cool. Yeah, McCann. No, I was McCann. like, McCann. McCann. She went early on too. I can't remember her name. Yeah, I understand grammar shaming. Wonderful, right? But, uh, she, exactly. Yeah, it was just a little great. Like, is it glamour like, shaming if it's wrong? I mean, we started out calling him Mueller, so that's true. But, that's true. But at this point, come on. 
this long, Come this far on. into it. Yeah, and Rachel Maddow said Epstein or Epstein. Actually, I, I think she says Epstein. I was gonna say, and I started to say Epstein. So I'm like, which one is it? Do you yeah. Well, at least the letters are in it's place. Epstein. There. there you you're, go. Okay, you're saying Epstein. the right Got letters. It. And yeah. I'm going off of a photo of Epstein from the 80s, where he's teaching school and he's written his name on the board and he spelled it E P S T I N E. And right. I think that was to get people to say it right. Yeah. I'm unless he can't spell his own fucking name. It's one yeah, of those yeah. two things. <laughs> yeah. Well, then also, I mean, aside from it just being annoying to like hear someone saying the wrong name over and over again, which is just more a measure of my own intolerance, an auditory. That's fair. Ways, That's fair. But, but uh, it's also like these are legal documents and this is going into a record. And considering so many of these people will nitpick as many words as they can. I just don't want them to have, I don't want any possible reason for them to be right, able to don't like, give yeah, them don't a give them a reason. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, another thing Pelosi, here's the quote from Pelosi about the Senate. She says, um, the stronger our case, the worse the Senate will look for letting him off the hook. Mm. I agree with that. Um, and then she also said, look, but if this cone of silence, she kept calling it, this stonewalling of the White House, if it continues to happen, if it keeps happening, it could compel us to go forward with impeachment. So now she's not saying, I'm not talking about it right now. She's saying, here's my plan. We'll see if it happens. We need a strong case and things could compel us towards impeachment. Mm-hmm. So it's it's more of a possibility, it seems, than it was before. I mean, it's always been the same, but we just didn't know about it. Right. <laughs> uh, and I think that's all I've got except for... Um, Mueller, uh, there was one other surprising thing, Mueller, when he, today when he called some of the Trump aides outright liars uh, and that they did impede his investigation. And that was during Deming's um, questioning about whether or not Trump lied in his answers. So she goes, so not, not only are you saying was he inaccurate and, uh, you know, not cooperative in his answers, but that also he was um, lying. And, and he said, generally. <laughs> he was also under oath. Yeah. He said, Mueller said yes. today he was under oath. Uh, Trump was under oath when mm-hmm. he was answering those written questions. And then, of course, the question comes up, well, if Trump lied in his written answers, why isn't that an obstruction of justice charge? Because Clinton was charged with lying uh, about, you know, I didn't have sexual relations with that woman. Yeah, but the double standard is so much deeper than that, too. It's like we, also, they, had, yeah. we also had different um, office of legal counsel, um, special counsel uh, regulations mm. between oh. then and now. And I think I think Clinton lied to Congress. So here's what I think we need to do. I think we need to have Congress. Uh, we we need to get all this court shit done fast. Hopefully it'll be done by the time they get back from break. Then we need to uh, open up an impeachment uh, when we have all this evidence. And part of that impeachment investigation is for the Congress to subpoena Trump. And then force that through the courts and see how it goes. All right. Yeah. And that's a criminal like if like if the, he, he's not going to show up basically right or like answer the subpoena but if when he refuses will that be a criminal you just go to court and the court compels him to and if he defies a supreme court order i don't think the republicans in the senate will be able to not remove and convict him okay i personally think that we'll be so close to the election i prefer that we vote him out because if we don't and we remove him and pence gets in pence can pardon everybody that's so true so i'm like if yeah, it's a matter of a couple I... of months i'd rather watch him be voted out and then oh that's probably what pelosi's thinking about because she's in line right 100 percent because they're saying it's going to hurt us in 2020 too bad wouldn't that affect her job specifically though if pence is promoted wouldn't that is it she's saying that this is her last cycle 
okay. as speaker, right? She said that. Yeah, that's what she said. Yeah. She said after this. <laughs> that's the nicest way to say that's what she said. That's what she said. <laughs> that's what she said. When she took over the job, she because she knows that, uh, I think she made a deal with the, the incoming freshman, um, our super wonderful, diverse incoming freshman, saying, I know you guys don't want to vote for me for Speaker mm-hmm. of the House. I know that we have a lot of problems, but I tw- I'll tell you what. Let me do this while, home while Trump <laughs> is president, so I because I can, I can whip everybody and and also and then I promise I will step down as speaker mm-hmm. after that. Yeah, I agree with that. I stand by her. Yeah, I think she's played it right. Yeah, uh, I, I think so too. I still, I would have opened an impeachment inquiry a little earlier. Same, but I do appreciate the institutional knowledge, and she, she's like one of the best whips the houses or or best voter collector because oh, she's for not sure. she's not like. Wait, right? Yeah. Is she the whip? Oh, she's not the party. No, okay, that's what, that's what I was going to no, say. But she's she's she whip. has yeah. been. But right? she she's a whip. Well, she does whip. Yeah, that's she, what. Yeah. <laughs> yes. But she's not it's the Democrat. It's different between a verb party. and a title. <laughs> okay. That's a okay. different that's a different job. Got yes. it. Schoolhouse yeah. rock. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like one person's sole job is just to make sure everyone's on the same page. Yeah. Um, yeah the only time she's failed that I've ever seen her fail uh, to get everybody in the same, you know, uh, caucusing together was during the uh, vote for the aid to the border. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, that was the only time that the Dems were split on anything ever. Yeah, yeah. that was that was not good. No, it was kind of I was like, oh, that's not. Yeah, uh, but like, they did it for the right reasons. Those that did, you know, not side with Pelosi, even though I like Pelosi. I they think. always do it for the right reasons, but then it's bad for the party. True. But yeah. it's like, what are you going to do? Just like ignore it. They just made a it protest passed anyway. Yeah, exactly. It's a protest vote. Yeah, but then if it's good, I know. But politics and fighting doesn't look good. Politically speaking, if you have a split caucus on something that's going to pass anyway, it's bad for the party. But yes, you have to also represent your constituents. Yeah, yeah. And if your constituents don't want you to vote on that, you have to kind of weigh that, and you have to be like, "Well, I'm gonna." Yeah, yeah. It's this. not, and this is the new way, not the old way. Totally. Too. And I think this is a good example of it's not always about the party, even though the party is important. At least they have these values that go beyond that. It's so much less important right now with all the shit going on. That's fair. I think, personally. And so I think that they they should vote how their constituents want them to. And they should vote the way that they, you know, that their conscience uh, yeah. guides yeah. them. Because really, and when somebody, you know, when somebody insinuates that, well, Nancy Pelosi doesn't want to divide the party or divide the country, divide the country. I'm like, fuck you. There is no, shut up. Just shut up. You're not, you can't divide this country any more than it's already divided right now. That's I true. don't think. I don't want to freaking Beetlejuice that, dude. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for listening today. Um, I really, we really appreciate it. And uh, we had a really busy, hectic, but I think very positive and awesome day. And uh, I think we just need to let this kind of settle in a bit. We will see you tomorrow. Uh, we'll be back with the regular. There's a lot of news that happened today, but we wanted to reserve this for all. Um, talking about the Mueller testimony, but do you guys have any final thoughts? Um, I'm just excited to see everyone's responses throughout the week. By the time that you know the other pod is out, but you know on Sunday, it'll be interesting to see like how this all settles. So yeah, yeah, well. just looking forward to that. I think assuming that they talked about the most consequential parts of the report today, go back, listen to the page numbers, and read it for yourself because the Democrats are trying to spoon feed this shit to the citizens. Sorry, I say shit because I have a potty mouth. <laughs> um, it was very valuable. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and you just have to do the work, and that's I think also kind of what Mueller was saying too. I'm not going to sit here and paraphrase these things that I went through a whole very specific process that is very legitimate just so i could come here and give you an easy answer that you want to hear because you won't just read the report Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, definitely read it. I think most of our listeners have read it. Um, so uh, thanks again, and tune in tomorrow night for the um, part 10 of the special coverage of the Mueller report. Mm-hmm. Comes out on Thursday. You can find that by going to wherever you get your podcast, searching for Mueller She Wrote. Please subscribe. And um, we will start, we will kick off uh, part 10 tomorrow with <clears throat> volume two, the uh, obstruction. So thank you guys so much. Please take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. I've been AG. I've been Jalisa Johnson. I've been Jordan Coburn. And them's the beans. The Daily Beans is produced by AG featuring Jalisa Johnson and Jordan Coburn and engineered and edited by Mackenzie Mazell and Starburns Industries. Our marketing manager is Sarah Lee Steiner and our merchandising manager is Sarah Hirschberg of Valencia. Fact-checking and research by A.G., Jaleesa Johnson, and Jordan Coburn, with executive assistance by Amanda Reeder. Our music is written and performed by They Might Be Giants. Our web design and branding are by Joel Reeder with Moxie Design Studios, and our website is dailybeanspod.com. <laughs>